puberty finally hit Freshman year made a promise to have my first kiss Stomach growling so I head out the door Bump directly to this chick right at the front door I shot my shot, said my name, I'm a dope Said, where you coming from? She said, straight from the store Said for sure, said slide to the skate And don't set her eyes lit up She probably an acrobat I play it cool and get six on the dash She said she'll move shit around and make time just for that We hit the ice and had a skate slay She put my hand around her waist We just couldn't keep space In a moment all else is erased Queen Elsa the way she let it go and let me chase Holding hands while we glide puppy love shit She said she feeling it but she really gotta dip I'm the Tarzan to her Jane Katara to my avatar She used to call me Aang first Kids marriage I could go down the list But nothing quite like that bliss From your first kiss I'm the Tarzan to her Jane Katara to my avatar She used to call me Aang first Kids marriage I could go down the list But nothing quite like that bliss From your first kiss why she holding back? I don't understand. Got a plan set. I'ma get close to the friend. Link at the cafeteria. Prepared to show my hands. Had to clarify some things for I made my advance. Does your friend have a do or man of interest? She said, get your feelings hurt. Go ask her, be my guest. Plot thickened when she told me she had better half. I was selfish. Tried to drift her off the faithful path. I let out a laugh. Hit my feelings on a mask. But when she look at me, stimulate my lower half. Got me feeling like a first pick. In the NFL draft Where she had my heart sprung Could've really used a cast uh, Reignite that spark See that glint She's staring in my eyes uh, Really giving hints I get butterflies Feel my gut wrench See her leaning in That's my first kiss I'm the Tarzan to her Jane Katara to my avatar She used to call me Aang first Kids marriage I could go down the list But nothing quite like that bliss From your first kiss I'm the Tarzan to her Jane, Katara to my avatar. She used to call me Aang first. Kids marriage, I could go down the list, but nothing quite like that bliss from your first kiss. Welcome back to the Treehouse Show. You just listened to First Kiss by yours truly. Today we have we have a producer, we have a DJ, we have a CEO, we have a raver, we have That's just right. a genuine, authentic energy source to be around. We have the one and only, we have Rosar. Thank you. That's a that's quite an introduction. Thank you. I definitely resonate with the last two. I, I like to rave and I like to bring the energy there. So, which you do as well. I feel like we're very much kindred souls there. Like, if I go to a place, I'm definitely going to be going harder than, you know, <laughs> going as hard as possible. And uh, I feel like that's that's the way to do it. Like, if you're not going to, like, dance your ass off, you should. You should want to because that's how you have the most fun, honestly. Just kind of, like, forget about everything and just enjoy it and, like, get lost in the music. That's why I love EDM, honestly. When, when did when did your love for EDM start? Uh, my first festival, I guess. Yeah, just going to see like I think I was my first festival might have been Bonnaroo, honestly. Which is, which is definitely is not massive. EDM festival. It's not. It's it's all music, but it's very much like it's it's so big, you can make any experience out of it. Like there's more than enough EDM where you can go and do the whole EDM experience. Um, so yeah, I did that 
and uh, it was amazing. And they haven't looked back since. Just like going there, you know, doing the whole thing. Was that 2013? Uh, I think it's either 2013, 2014. I need. That to was a up. guess. That was pretty close. That's yeah. crazy that I knew that. Yeah. That's wow. Yeah. I feel like. Oh, you know what? Actually, it was 20. Don't prove me wrong. I think let it was this 20. It's <laughs> plus or minus one or two years. Yeah, let's go with that. Okay, okay, it's cool. He he knows the exact year because that's he's obviously vivid in his memory. But for the sake of me and respect for his host, he's gonna yeah. let me have it. I appreciate that. Yeah. So like, we were talking about this earlier. Uh-huh. I feel like that that was the golden age. Yeah. Of EDM. I, I I mean like I'm biased obviously because like that's where my EDM chair was popped. But um, I don't know the music then was like just so many big artists were just like you know out like you had like that was a time where like Skrillex was performing with like Diplo and you had like the whole Jack U thing the going evil, on. Evil eyes and like Wicked sprites. What's that song? Yeah, like Bass Nectar was around and like everyone was enjoying <laughs> we that. You can't say the B word. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> that's joking. Obviously, but. like a lot of artists have been canceled, and that's like you know shame on them for what happened. But like at the same time, it's like we were all influenced by these people, whether we want to accept it or not. So yeah. like, not to get super controversial super early. But like, what do you think? <laughs> oops. Oops. I feel like if this is the time for me to get canceled, let me do it now. A lot of people get canceled like later on in their. Career. I mean, let you me know, get canceled right at the start. No, I'm gonna get. Canceled. I don't know if it's like he you cannot be named, but you can talk about it objectively and be like, this is okay, yeah. this is not okay, and like exactly, you know. Also talking about the music. Yeah. Which people are saying that it's basically Jansen's music, but anyway, we're not gonna talk about that. Yeah, it's less about the music and more just about the experience, like huge crowds and crazy energy obviously like you know the whole EDM culture of you know drugs and tripping and having a great time all exactly. that shit and it's so, like that changed like that like leaves an imprint on you and it's like honestly i feel like i learned to dance by just like going nuts at shows and now it's like i could dance in the crowd like i feel like naked and like i wouldn't feel bad about it because it's just like i'm just lost in it you know what i mean you just you just hear the music and you just move to it and like that's all I'm thinking about. I'm just thinking about like moving my body to music and just enjoying it. Sometimes like that's the best way to make music. Just get out of your chair, stand up and start like vibing to it. And then you mm. just kind of start the things to start coming to you from like these like deep experiences and memories in your back of your mind. It's just like, okay, like this is what should happen now. Mm. Because like, I'm used to like this, like that feels like a, like a trap beat, you know, there and then, then there should be some sort of like thing. So I know that's one recommendation. If you're working on something, just get out of your chair and like dance to it a little bit. And then, ideas might come to you so take notes take notes for real i was listening to i was listening to illinium yeah and then i was listening to a reaction to him mentioning bass nectar or sampling a bass nectar song mm-hmm. in one, at his show and then somehow i was then listening to an illinium interview because that's how i go down a rabbit hole I just, yeah it's like next thing you know and watching charlie bit me it's like it's how <laughs> did i get here you know what i'm talking about yeah but anywho not to distract from the, the energy. What I'm trying to say is, he was saying I can't remember his actual name, Elenium's actual name, but he said he went to a Bass Nectar concert around that time, uh-huh. 2013 or so, and literally saying it like he was like fell in love, and then he could just download Ableton the same day, yeah, and he's Millennium. Yeah, it's like you can't like, like it's regrettable. All this just like sucks um, for the everyone, but it's like you can't deny like these were like imprints on all you know everyone who was part of that so yeah that's all i gotta say about it 
Yeah, that's and that, but it's it's like you said, like the energy. Is that kind of what happened to you? Like, were you were you like passionate? Like, I want to do this. Oh yeah. Or was it's, it more so like I just like being lost in this? Or you said no, I want to be a part of this. I want to be on stage. I want to be. I mean the. F- I. I feel like it was within a year. Yeah, I think it was within the year that I downloaded FL Studio. And I was like, someone needs to like, I don't know. I was just very passionate about it. I was found the first person I knew who like had any kind of experience. was like, yo, like, just help me get started with this. He, you know, just basically gave me simple instructions like make a, make a drum, a fast drum beat, a slow drum beat. Make, you know, put in some notes. And like from there, I was just kind of started figuring out my own like on YouTube and how most people learn things nowadays. So YouTube school of hard knocks. Yeah, seriously. Um, but yeah, since then it was like, I want to do this. Like I want to be on stage. I want to like make music. I want to like create this experience that like I just experienced. Um, yeah, it's basically been that way since. And you manifested that man, like your SoundCloud, like you have a decent following. Like a lot of people are working to get to a point where you're at. You have a lot to, we all have you know a lot of space to grow and a lot of things to achieve, but you definitely, uh-huh. you know, from A to A to you're on that journey. Like, yeah. I've seen you come so far and like. It's crazy how, like, you just from being at that place at that time, you know, how much you just evolved. Yeah, honestly, it's like, it's weird because it's like, I I feel like with, like, the things I do for work, like, a lot of people, like, in tech, I guess, a lot of people talk about imposter syndrome. Let's talk about your background a little bit. So, you went to Purdue. Yeah. How did that, how did that translate to, like, because I feel like, I don't know, we all go to college for different reasons. Yeah parents if you're african it's like you would be doctor you would be lawyer but anyway <laughs> i don't know what your ancestry is but that's kind of how it was it's like yeah parents kind of have these expectations it's like and it's like oh that's like they look at their kids as like almost as like what they would have done at mm-hmm. that age so they kind of want you to do like with their their passions or what they so it's almost yeah. like i don't know like how did you feel about what did you major in uh computer engineering computer engineering were you passionate about that or did you kind of question that passionateness or later on when you like oh shit this is what i'm really into like uh, for me it was like i i changed i'll be honest i changed majors like three or four times and it took me like you know an extra semester to graduate which you know pretty they called the victory lap the victory lap hey, but man, uh yeah, honestly when i graduated i still had like one course i had to finish so like my whole graduation i was like so upset because i was like i didn't even graduate like hey these get degree I'm yeah i'm like give me the thing i like i don't they're probably gonna take it back later fortunately it's just like you just take a course and like get credit so it wasn't that bad but uh yeah like when i went to school i just purdue is a party school uh it's a big 10 school so yeah it's a party school but it also has a good engineering program which is what which is good because like i ended up doing computer engineering yeah that was not easy yeah the first year it's like first year engineering which you don't actually have a discipline and then i picked aerospace because i was like i don't know team i'm mechanical i had big goals i was like you know outer space that's cool astronaut big dreams and then uh then i realized like the first course I took was like planes and landing gear. I was like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Like I wanted to be in outer space, not building like exactly. Boeing 727 you know, landing gears. Um, Cause like, that's just, I just felt like that is not for me. Like I'm going to fuck something up mm. and could, and like either kill people or get fired. Like, it's just not like, it's the responsibility. With yeah. Them. Like just I'm not. just like, that's not my, like, I'm not like a, a detail-oriented person like I'm a big picture person so I just felt like this is not gonna be good for me so I switched into like chemical engineering like right away because I was like I don't know I had done like one project on like nanites and blood and I thought that was kind of cool honestly that's not even like what it is like that's more biomedical but 
I know. Either way, I just want to try something new, and I thought it was cool. Um, and like, I took it for a semester and finished, and it was like, it was a lot of like charts and math, and I don't really like that either. Mm. So then next semester, I was like, okay, like I kind of looked at myself, was like, what have I been doing? You know, I've you know, I grew up using computers as a, like a millennial. Like we kind of like all figured that shit out on our yeah, own. Age of Empire, Stronghold, Crusader. Yeah, just like we use a lot of computers, like, and that's something like we did. Our parents didn't know how to do, so it's something like we got good at and kind of dug into. You know, because, like, we learned as it developed and, like, the technology, like, starting from, like, dial-up and stuff. Mm. So, um, yeah, I was just like, I'll try computer engineering. I know computers. I can do it. I've been using computers for a while. Um, and then, like, I discovered, like, I, there's, like, a lot of programming and logic involved in that stuff, which I love because it feels really creative. And, like, it's problem-solving. It's, like, solving puzzles and things. Um and like figuring out what parts you can put together to build something. Mm. It's creative. Like creative creativity is just like creating something from smaller parts. Mm. So, which is like makes lends to music well. Cause it's like being creative in music is just being like being creative in anything else. You're just, you're not, you're not creating something that didn't exist before. You're just taking two parts that no one thought to put together and combining them to create something new. So I like music. The same, re same reason I like coding. It's like, it feels very creative, you know? Um, you're just combining little things into bigger things, and mm. yeah. So, switching to computer engineering, graduated, um, doing that more or less sense. But music is definitely like my passion. So, like whenever I have free time, I try to work on, on work on tracks and stuff, and pump out new songs. And yeah, then now we're here. Wow. No, like I just love how things are more connected than they seem. And I love how you broke that down about that transition from kind of, oh, yeah, it was just it's just all how, like smaller, bigger things are just made up of smaller things. And it's, it's just it's just seeing mm -hmm. the the magic of it all, or like the connectivity, the interconnectedness yeah. of it all. It's 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 not it's not limited to one thing or another. Yeah, like nothing is really like new. Things are just new combinations of things that are old that no one thought to combine. Like, you can think about, like, even, like, something like an invention. Like, they invented the vocoder. And then, like, that's, like, you might think of that as, like, a new thing that, like, changed everything or something. Or really anything. Any invention is just, like, how they actually invent that. Well, they just took parts that no one think, thought to combine and built something. Mm -hmm. So, you know. They may, yeah, sure, maybe they invented some part to build that. But, like, how was that invented? Like, it's just parts that already existed. So, at some point, it's just a combination of things that are already around. So, exactly. I'd like to... Try and keep that in mind when I'm like, oh, my, my track has to be, like, different. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, something no one's ever seen before. Just, just you know, maybe combine some elements of one genre and bring them into your thing. And then that's that makes it creative and new. So It's like putting your little spice, putting your yeah. little spin on it. You know, it's not reinventing the wheel. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, like, your little spice and your little spice, I thought, I thought you were going to pull up with the, the bandana and, uh, you know, like, just like, because that's, that's the... T let's let's talk about the the brand you're kind of trying to build mm -hmm. with your DJ. It's um, could you say it, pronounce it for me? Rosar. Rosar. Yeah. So is that the brand kind of with the bandana and like the the Naruto all black fit? Is is that kind of what you're going for? Yeah, I mean I can pop it on if you want. It's let's pop where, it on. Where's my pocket? Honestly, I just like it. I think it looks cool. But you, uh, you, I feel like you were all you've all I can't. This almost weird seeing you without it because it's like you're always even like when you're DHD at well, you your know, place. We're in a pandemic. Like you gotta wear your face mask all the time. So I just wear this thing all the time. I love how that, but that's such a pre-pandemic. Yeah, that would be so like unique. Yeah, you know, and it's, I'm not saying that it's not unique, but it's like it's a natural approach 
of embracing something that we hate. It's like yeah. 999. Shout out Juice World. It's like turning, it's like alchemy. It's turning bad into good. Yeah, like, I mean, like, for a while, <laughs> when the pandemic started, I was like, oh, I, I, had, I had, like, it was really tough for me to wear the face masks because I had glass. I was wearing glasses a lot because, like, oh, I had some, LASIK. No, I, I, I contacts now, but I had, like, eye issues mm. where, like, my doctor said I would go blind in my red eye if I kept wearing contacts, which is, like, a whole thing. Oh, yeah. Shit. I should be scared. I wear contacts. Yeah, just wash them. Keep your contacts clean. Mm. Don't if you have an eye infection, like don't wear your contacts. Uh, clean them out and like if you're seeing weird eye, like go to the doctor right away. Like don't don't mess with your eyes, man. Like yeah, I was an idiot in college and like had like had the cloudy vision in my eye and like didn't look into it because I was just like a busy idiot mm. student and like I don't know like. If your eyes are weird, if you're seeing stuff, go to the doctor and make sure keep your eyes healthy, keep them clean. Like, bro, I had seriously. an eye infection too. Yeah, like I got to it a little quicker because mm-hmm. it was more it was more painful, so I couldn't resist it. Yeah, it was. But if it was visible, you know, like us, like us guys, you just locked down and like. Eh, yeah, I was just little. like, exactly. Like <laughs> I had like I was like. I'll have to get like a new pair of contacts. It was on my last lens, and it was like it's monthly. It's We hate inconvenience. It's and like, I was like, yeah, I gotta get them. I do my homework. So like, I don't know. I just kept letting it slip, and then eventually, I was like, realized like I got to the point where I was like, wait, my vision is like always cloudy in my red eye. Like, what's going on? <laughs> and then I went to the doctor, and he's like, you got to stop wearing contacts immediately. You're gonna go blind. And I was like, he's like, you're never gonna wear contacts again for the rest of your life. And so I had to like do eye. Yeah, this is like a whole thing. But I had to do like eye drops like 16 times a day. Yeah, like did all these different steroids mm-hmm. for like a year. Damn it, had you yeah. juiced? Yeah, and then like, a vet, like then I and I wore contacts, glasses the whole time, and then like wore glasses for another year, and then eventually like they were like, okay, it's good enough, you can like wear contacts again, mm. but like I was very certain I was never gonna wear again. I was like decimated. It was it sucked because like you know like how do you see now? I see fine, but like I'm always worried like it's gonna because basically like. This is like a whole tangent. I don't even know if we want to spend the whole time talking about it. Basically, I had like this vein. Like my, I was irritated from this okay. um, uh, infection and this vein was like growing into my cornea mm. and it was like emitting like blood, like white blood cells oh. into my eye. And then they were like going in, like basically going into my cornea and like mm. not, they're not supposed to be there. So it was like clouding my vision. And okay. like if the vein grew anymore, it would just like, I would just not be able to see anything. So, so you can't wear contacts there ever again? I can wear them now, but okay, it took time. but like I can't. I really shouldn't be wearing them every day. I have like really soft lenses, and they're mm-hmm. dailies. I throw them out every day. I can't like I got to be careful about not sleeping in them, showering in them, yeah. um, and just like overwearing. Like if my eyes get tired, I really I and I really should be wearing my glasses like every other day. Just like and I try to like when I'm working from home, I just you, put my glasses on. You can't get LASIK though, right? I can't because my eyes are like not the right like. Dilation. Some people can't get LASIK. Yeah, if your eyes are too, if your cornea is like too thin, or I think it's too thin, you can't get them. You can't get LASIK. Yeah. So you just got to be the glasses. I just got to be careful with contacts and wear glasses glasses, here and there. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't. You can't do the combo. You can't do the glasses with the mask because we know what that does. Yeah, it's like it fucking kills your ears. It's like you get fogged up nonstop. Oh my god, that's the worst thing ever. Back to that. I started wearing these face masks because um, they would fog up, they fog up your glasses less. So if you have glasses and you're, you hate face masks, try try these like neck band things, you know. Mm. So the look it kind of came from practical. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a look. Yeah. I don't see too many DJs with like that kind of mask, or it's like some, uh, or like they had a mask pre-COVID that was mm-hmm. like a, like a res glass. Like they they were doing too much, or like mm-hmm. bare grills where he's wearing a full yeah. You know, so like just like it's not doing, it's kind of subtle. But it's a look like it's like some ninja like mm-hmm. no I, I mess with that what i was saying is like 
So going back to, you know, school and then, okay, so you go to Bonnaroo and it's like, wow, eye opener. So you start, you know, you download Fruit Loops, you know, mm-hmm. what was that, what was that process of like just the, the first year or so of getting into, how did you deal with like the frustrations of like a new artist or like, how did you deal with the excitement and like the novelty of like entering that world? Hmm. I feel like this is like a classic like dumb and Kruger curve sort of thing. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but basically it's like your conf there's like one scale of the um chart. It's like a chart, like X, Y axis, and like one scale is like your confidence mm. and the other scale is your actual experience. And so the ch- the dumb and Kruger curve is like immediately you sl- you go start from zero zero, it spikes up because you're like super confident at first. Because mm. you're like you know nothing, you don't know what you don't know, and you don't you're know just how much you don't know. And so you're like you're really confident and then it takes like a big dip and it stays low for a long time and like mm. slowly it comes back up and so like obviously like getting started like i think everyone when they start start they're like very excited and they crack out a couple things but it sounds like the first song anyone's ever made so and they'll you know it's like just like one sound crazy loud with another sound that's real quiet and all that stuff but i didn't know what i didn't know and i was having fun um, then eventually I started to like, you know, learn how deep you can go with music production and how it's like, honestly, I think it's more difficult than software at this point. Like, because I've always wanted to ask that question. Yeah. I, I, Cause it's very rare that a DJ is like the engineering background. Mm-hmm. So I've always wanted to, is it harder than like coding and software? Yeah, it is. I think. Thank you for letting people know that. Cause people sound like, oh, they're not smart or like they're not, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, that's hard. Yeah. I think, I think specifically like producing EDM music is really, really hard because EDM is like a different beast entirely from like other genres. Like other genres, it's not like, like beat making. Yeah, like because I think like beat making, like mixing, like classic genres is like there's a formula. Like there's instruments. There's like known places how you're supposed to cut EQ. Like there's like playbooks for those sort of things. Where EDM is like all about breaking the rules and building something different you know, being creative and like, and I feel like part of producing is having like a creative artistic vision. And so those things combine with having an, so there's like this artistic aspect of it where it's like, you have a vision, you're creating something true to you that's new, that's, that's like, you know, profound in some way, you know, it's like your artistic vision, like you're trying to tell, tell a story here with your music. And the other aspect is like, you have to have like deep mastery of like serious technical tools that are not simple and not straightforward. Um, and there's like a whole wide range of them. And like, there's all this marketing and that's basically like telling you buy this, buy that, so that better. Yeah. So it's really hard to cut through all this and figure out what's actually true. And like, there's a lot of junk tutorials out there and like, you know, basically the people trying to get your money to like pay for a chorus, which is, mm. so it's tough to cut through all the bullshit. They don't really care. They're just trying to get money. Yeah. I mean, there's like, so it's tough to figure out where to get your good information. And like a lot of artists, like they, yeah, they do live streams and stuff, but just like the nature of art is like artists are, I feel like inherently like private about, when they're doing their intimate real work that actually makes a difference. Like if they're doing a live stream, it's probably cause they're like, they don't, you know, they're like comfortable with it. And I feel like good art comes from a place of like, comfort. yeah, comf- well, like you have to be comfortable in your environment because you're inherently like, it's like a sensitive topic. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's meaningful to you and you know, you're writing about something important or you're building something important. Something it has like, to be genuine. It has to be genuine. And I feel like when you're like doing it in the public setting, it's, it's tough to be like intimate with yourself and your inner feelings. Cause it feels like you might, you might feel like you have to curate to the crowd Gender. or yeah. So views what looks cool. And so it's not going to be really like your art, your true self. I mean, that's my opinion. I just feel like a lot of artists, like their best stuff, you don't see it in making it, you know, 
And if they do like release stems or something of it, it's like you don't really see how they got to that point. And they might talk about it briefly, but I feel like you kind of just have to figure out those things out for yourself. Mm. So, did you? So like, what's something? Oh, I guess that's one of those things. But like, what what's something that like going into it? So you talked about that curve. How it's like confidence is like, and yeah. it's like, oh, so I know how much I don't. Yeah, know. then you're in the valley of despair for a exactly. long time. Exactly. So like, when you're in that. So what are like the specifics? Like what are the things that you went into like, oh, being a producer is going to be this and going to be that and going to be that. And then it's like, oh, it's actually this. I mean, actually, yeah, I mean, I would I feel like a lot of the ways I made progress was I just tried to not measure myself because like I tried to measure myself by my own progress. Like, am I better than I was last week? And that's like Mm. the only thing that should matter, because like as an EDM, as music fans, as EDM fans, like we have good taste. Like we know what we like. We know what good music sounds like. Cause we listen to a lot of music and listen yeah. to it live where it's like in high fidelity with fucking roaring bass and it like takes over, takes over your whole body. Yes. And so like when you're sitting down and like starting something new and you're comparing it mentally to that, that experience. And it's never going to, it's almost like porn. Yeah. It's never, when you watch porn. It's like, it's not the real thing. Yeah. It's like, so like we have good taste and we know in our hearts that like what we're making is not that good. Um, so, and that's tough cause it's like, you know, you're going to always feel like your stuff cause you're comparing it to this time you took, you listened to your favorite song on, you know, acid or like, you were just like really yeah, in a great mood. Impossible. Yeah. It's never going to, you're Unless never, you're off Molly making a song. Yeah. Or like that, you're, yeah. you're listening to music with this new girl you met and you're like in love. It's like, you're never going to be able to recreate that experience. So it's like, if you try and like compare yourself, your music to those things, it's just, you're going to be doomed to be f- feeling like your music's always shit. So I feel like the only way to do it is just make sure you're better than you were the last week or the last session. Your, your, your next track is always going to be better than your last track. And I feel like that's just like, comes from just like learning to do techniques, mm. thinking more about like your artistic identity and like what you're trying to do. And like, were you able to execute on the things like the goals you made before you even started the track? Like I want to make like, you know, like a melodic dubstep track with like millennium, like drops, like super saws, like vocal chops, um, a buildup that doesn't have a classic, like, incrementing, like, snare, like, 808 snare rolled mm-hmm. up, or, you know, just, like, speeding up. Like, you want to have an idea of what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And um, and then if you actually execute that better than you did last time, like, that's that's a good thing. Or maybe you mixed more de- more intensely, and, and you did some creative things with, like, raw audio. Like, mm-hmm. as long as you're doing new things and you're doing it better than you did before, like, and the final product is good. Like, just you know, be happy that you're making progress because everyone progresses at their own rate. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's hard. You know, if you just compare yourself to this, these experiences you have, it's you're just you're gonna be disappointed yeah. forever, and you're gonna be just you know you're you're gonna be frustrated, and like it's gonna help hamper your progress and like your ability to like work on continue working. So. So you're saying it requires a strong mind. It requires a strong attitude. <sighs> yeah, it definitely does because like it's super common for producers to like just sit down and be like, and be like, I'm like be super pumped up, sit down and just be like, Bleh, you know, I can't work. Cause it's like, you're getting the writer's block cause you're trying to make this incredible thing. And I've read a lot of good advice, which is just like, just make shit music. Just make anything. Just make. It doesn't need to be great. Like just get started, you know? And then eventually you'll get, you'll find yourself in the zone and then you'll just start making something that actually sounds good. People don't realize it takes time. Yeah. The greatest people, they started early. Mm-hmm. Like the greatest anybody, they either had like a genetic kind of they just, they were doing it, or they just started early. I'm talking about three, four, five. Like you'd be surprised. Yeah. Like these Bruno Marses, if you look at the, 
their parents are like, you're going to be a singer at like five. Yeah. They were doing vocal lessons at six. A, a lot of these people also had like really good resources, like mentors and stuff. So Michael like, Jackson, he, I was watching a documentary. Mm-hmm. He was like four yeah. doing like these little school pageants and like singing. Like, and it's like, yeah, they reached that status. That's why they're like 20 and they like can sing like gods. And it's like, yeah, there's talent. But there's like, he has 16 years of experience as a 20 year old. Yeah. Don't, don't sleep on that. Don't sleep on that. So it's like, and like you said, it takes a lot of like almost meditative clarity to, yeah. to exit, look at yourself from third person and be like, oh, I'm good for where I'm at. As long as I'm better than I was last time, yeah. that is my metric. Yeah. You are not my metric. You're not my metric. Excision, you're not my metrics. Desde, you're not my metric. You're cool when I'm having mm-hmm. fun, but I will never compare myself to that because we're just not, we're not in the same level. And it's like, it's not that I can't be on your level. It's just that everybody has their time. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to predict these sort of things. So you just have to like be okay with your, you know, your speed, the rate you're growing. So. Well, no, no, that's, yeah. I love that. Uh, one, one more thing before we go on the break. It's just, so I was I was bumping your shit like photo my clothes this morning. I'm like, mm-hmm. ooh, some some wonky some wonky experimental shit. But I noticed a lot of yours. You, you had this um, series. I don't know if that's an EP or just they're like called experimental drops and they have yeah. like numbers. So like, I noticed a lot of them are like, first of all, and I was kind of this kind of goes back to you said what makes EDM so hard. You're mm-hmm. saying that it's uh it's very like it's like it's not really rules and stuff like that. Yeah. And like and I saw like that exemplifier. It's like. Your songs are like a few seconds long. They were like short. They kind of didn't follow like the typical build up and everything. Is that kind of you like just playing with different formats, different structures? Yeah. I mean like basically that whole series is me just trying to experiment with sound design really. Sound design and arrangement specifically for drops because I love dance music. I love like I think that's the high point for most people at shows is like when they go and they just headbang like crazy because the energy is level so high during a drop. It's the part of the song a lot of people are waiting for, at least for me. Um, It's like, you know, just that release of energy and that total euphoria moment where like everything is just amazing. Yes. And like, I believe very strongly that if you want to get good at something, you have to do it and you can't be just like, just do it a lot and you can't be distracted by other things. Like you gotta, like the most important time management skill is what you're not doing. Like you have to like, it's not about what you do or like your priority list, your order. You got to be like really hard on like not doing things and saying no to stuff. And so basically what I'm doing is I'm like, I'm saying no to focusing on other elements, which are very important. But like, if I want my drops to be good, I need to build a lot of drops. I need to write a lot of drops, arrange a lot of drops, mix a lot of drops, make a lot of sounds that are built for drops, layer sounds that are good mm. for drops. And so like, I just want to focus on drops um, obviously like to create full tracks, you need to do everything you need to do arrangement versus bridges, um, you know, work with vocals, mix everything, master, you know, make it consistent, you know, just like, there's a lot of stuff that goes into a full track, but like, I don't want to really, you know, I just like, that's what I want my music to be like. I don't want my music to be like, Oh, it's like, it's nice. It's listenable music. I want my music to be fucking heavy and go hard mm-hmm. and like make you headbang. And I want it to be played on big stages where people do that. Like, cause that's m- where I want my music to be heard. It is going to be played. Like I love chill step. I love like vibe, vibey stuff. But like, I just feel like if my music was known for that, like I'd be happy, but like, I really want people to headbang to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I want to focus on like getting better at that. 
Um, so that's why I do that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, that's that's beautiful. That's beautiful that you've gotten to the point where you have a foundation and that you are now, you're not ignorant of the fact that, okay, now I need to hone in and mm-hmm. cut out the other stuff that are still important, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's your time. It's yeah. your time management and focusing on this right now. So yeah. that's good that you're doing that. We're going to get more into that, but we got to take a break. What's that song? That you um your unreleased that you wanted to play over the break? Oh, uh, I think so. Th- I mean, it's a working title, but I'm calling it "Through the Silence" now. All right, one more time. Through the silence. Through the silence. You are listening to "Through the Silence" by Rosar. Rosar. Um, see you after the break. I can hear your voice. I can hear your Welcome back to the Treehouse Show. You just listened to Through the Silence by Rosar. And we are back from the break. We are hydrated. We got Rosar sipping some distilled water, you know. We are surrounded by this beautiful source of nourishment and sustenance from Mother Nature's bosom. What can I say? This episode of Guess the Fruit, we have Rosar. Do the thing. Do the thing. There we go. Okay, Ninja Assassin. And we are guessing the organic object. What is that? <laughs> kind of looks like a flute, you know, like a bamboo or something. Oh, a bamboo, okay. Can I touch it? Can I investigate You it? can investigate. Go crazy. Be careful with the shaft. <laughs> the shaft. The shaft. Be careful it's with solid. the shaft. You can, you know, it is solid. <laughs> Interesting. It starts with an S. Very fibrous. It's kind of sweet. Hmm. What is it? I don't you know. Get in there. Never seen this thing before. Never seen it before. You're a liar. <laughs> this is sugarcane. Okay. Now the thing is, I didn't think this through. So like, <laughs> how are we gonna eat this? Um. So like, I think you just like karate break it break open. It knee, yeah. Of? Like really hard. shout out um kai for teaching me how to niche it okay that was raw and you just like just get in there yeah rip that part yeah just like yeah, I gotta get grip, grip on this thing. Yeah, yeah. there we go kind of feels like a banana yeah and in the you, way it peels exactly like a very like, firm banana it's it's super weird how you eat it you literally like like watch me like like that and you chew it weird it's like sweet in your mouth oh you know like Damn. tobacco leaves. Mm. It's sweet. Are you supposed to swallow the fiber or just no. spit out? Don't swallow the fiber. I was about to say. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, doesn't feel like something I would be able to digest. Mm-mm. I eat a lot of like raw, but this is where I draw the line. Yeah. The first bite, once you hit your lips. Yeah. Mm. You know, this is where sugar came from. Nature was onto something, you know? Mm. You know, you just pull it off. It's like... It's like I feel like a farmer, you know, like a cowboy. It's on his ranch. It's like, hey, you pick that sugar cane, darling. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's good, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
It's very sweet initially. The flavor fades pretty fast, but mm-hmm. you don't need to eat it. So you just, we don't. just we don't. get the get the liquids. Mm. It's dirt cheap. It's like 10 bucks a pound at Whole Foods. It's so overpriced. But in Africa, it just grows like out of the ground like grass. You're just like, oh, I'm going to school. Hold on. Let me grab this stalk of sugar for free. It's kind of like a honeysuckle on steroids. Mm. Yeah. I got to try honeysuckle. I haven't had it since I was like five years old. But uh, honestly, same probably. It's yeah, it's just like, you know, something that grows that you can, has a sweet taste to it. Exactly. Well, obviously, this is way bigger. Mm-hmm. That's tasty. Um, I need some water. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, knock yourself out. We got asparagus. We got mangoes. You ever, you ever eat some mangoes like that? Mm, I feel like I must have had, but they I'm taste gone. better this way. Yeah. Go crazy. Normally man. they're pre-cut, but this is uh, this looks delicious. I'm just gonna. Oh, bro, they're fire. I'm just gonna go right in. Grab this whole thing. Dig in. This is also a podcast and an ASMR at the same time. So, wait, and a mukbang. It's for the video people, so it's like the three one special. You know, this is delicious. You're very generous host with the stuff. A whole a fr- fruit platter, man. Mm. What's up? Very generous host with the whole fruit platter. Thank you so much. I appreciate the fruit. Appreciate you because they're cool. going to our, our our righteous cause, which is reinvigorating your body mm-hmm. and helping us put our brain cells to create art and magic. You know, so mm. I feel like that's the ultimate purpose. <laughs> if I was a plant, I'd be glad that I was used as fuel to create art. You know. Well, thank you for that. Oh, thank you. We'll go over here. We got... Mm, that's a black carrot. Purple carrot. Hey, <laughs> man. <laughs> okay. If you don't eat the black carrot, you can't eat the white carrot. That, that's what we're doing. Well, I'm just... You not, can eat the you yellow know, carrot. It seems pretty, pretty like, <laughs> solid, like, you know. Oh, yeah, it's like... But you can't say that coming from a sugar cane, though. Yeah, but... You know. Yeah, like that. I feel like I might like really have to bite into that. Like I'm worried about my teeth almost. It's very firm. That one more manageable. There's some like more manageable ones in there. Speaking of fuel and manageable, I don't even know. I don't know if this is a good segue, but raves. Mm-hmm. What's your craziest rave story? All right, <laughs> you have to so- take a. Yeah, I think, so we were talking about 25 over the break. Like, 25 is a weird year in everyone's life. Like, right about then, it's like, weird shit starts to happen to our bodies. Let's talk about, it's like a second puberty. It's like, your body just like, okay, you're done growing. Like, I'm just going to call it here. Uh, and I'm going to start throwing some curveballs with, like, everything. Yeah. Like, you're just like, you're going to start waking up and feeling like shit. It's like, I didn't know I could get injured sleeping. Like, what? <laughs> like, what? Um... So, yeah. So, when I was 25, like, I mean, this is, like, I have a plenty of, like, amazing rave experiences, but this is, like, kind of a scary one, and it's kind of my life, like, mm. changed. So, all throughout, like, you know, uh, end of high school, college, I smoked a lot of weed, and I was, like, into, very much into that. Like, I was a big stoner. Uh, I still love the culture. I still love everything about it. But when I, like, when I was 25, I was at um, summer camp, and... Uh, so I was just like kind of sitting at, at camp one night. It was like raining out, kind of ominous. And I was like, you know, obviously like smoking blunts, like just like chilling at camp, waiting for the rain to settle down on acid too. Mm. And so I was like, here's mm. the crazy thing about acid. It's like, it kind of lets you do things that your body is not physically capable of. 
like obviously like you can party for eight hours and dance your ass off and like still have energy it's crazy it's really a crazy drug yeah actually gives you maybe it hits you different but continue yeah i've seen people i've seen people take acid after having like crazy eye injuries like they can't even open their eyes and then they just pop out of their camp and they're like i can see a thousand feet and it's like what the f-? <laughs> like it's just like you become like superhuman for a little bit but basically i was just sitting at camp and i was just kind of like sitting there just kind of like vibing with my own body and like feeling things out and then i started like kind of like tensing up my uh let's just let this ambulance go by first but yeah so i was just like sitting like tensing up my like core muscles and i think i did it too hard because i felt this like explosion in my chest and then like which i now think believe is just like a hernia in my stomach but basically like because i was like acid and like high as balls i started having like the most intense panic attack of my life like immediate like complete dump of adrenaline like immediate crazy tunnel vision like immediate like i'm going to die like like the most crazy intense experience ever which i do not wish anyone to have um like true ego death like the craziest thing and like i was like fortunately i had some people there that were like helped me and like helped me like ride it out because like i was like ready to run to the emt tent like freak out like a lot a lot that happens a lot of people they probably would have just like done the same thing there, but I'm glad I, I wrote it out, I guess. But like, there was a moment where I was just like, I am probably going to die. I'm just kind of come to terms with it. I'm just going to lay down and like die now. Like I was very confident and like very short. Like that was it. Like I was dead. But that's like what panic attacks are. Like you have this sense of impending death. And so like after that, like after that experience, like I can just physically my body cannot do like acid or like smoke weed anymore and it's crazy because like i tried for so long because like i know it's just been like my lifestyle like i did it all the time you haven't smoked since 25 i mean i have a couple times but every single time i have i've had panic attacks like crippling panic attacks like i smoked a blunt like probably a week later when i was working on music and immediately i was like yo i gotta get up and walk around and then like bam like huge panic attack again fortunately like since then they've gotten less extreme um, but some, like, it's, I still deal with this. Like sometimes like I'll just have this feeling of like crazy crippling anxiety and it kind of comes on randomly. Anxiety sucks. And it's like, the worst part is it's like, you never know when it's going to kind of like strike and shit. But like, yeah, unfortunately, like I just can't do that stuff I used to love to do. I mean, there's, I found things that I'm able to do, but like, yeah, that was the most intense, crazy experience What's I've ever up had. It's 25, right? Something yeah. Like 25. 25, man. Like you, you, you had done it before. Yeah, I like and like I don't know, I feel like it was I was starting to get the idea that like like psychedelics in general were hitting me weird. Like I would get sensations, like I'd smoke a blunt and like be in my kitchen on like tile floor with my bare feet and I immediately get like crazy chills, like and then basically the point where I was like shaking and I had to be under a blanket because it was like like my brain was like telling me like you're cold, you're cold, you know what I mean? It's like crazy sensations. So like I don't think it was completely that. I think my body was starting to change and like have different reactions and also kind of like i've from speaking about my, my dad and my sisters like they've had similar experiences getting older with like that so it may be genetic it may be but it's definitely like it was definitely triggered by that experience so you know that's the crazy experiences but like i don't know i've had so many great experiences at shows and you just kind of kind of figure out what works for your body as far mm-hmm. as like party you know party favors and that sort of stuff like molly seems to work for me you just got to be careful with like 
how much you're taking and how often mm. you take it. You got to give your body time to recharge and regenerate. Um, What's a good refractory period for you? Because like I started taking it, I was like 22. Yeah. And I just kind of, I'm, I'm kind of on a hiatus right now. I'm just getting things together. Yeah. But I just noticed like, and I probably was doing a little too much. I was doing it once every three weeks. But like, you know, you've been doing it for a while now since you've been raving. And you say, it's, does this, do you still have that effect? Does it still work for you? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the best amount to take is like a point two. Like mm-hmm. point two in like a little, little capsule. And you kind of want to give yourself like a month between times. Like if you're at like a four day like camping festival, you can probably take it like, one day and then like wait a day and take another day it's not going to hit the same but it's not it's it just you got to be like okay with that like mm-hmm. you, you just got to be okay with the fact that it's not going to be as strong a role as the last mm-hmm. one but don't take more to like account for it you know like that's my recommendation like anyone can do what they want but like i would say just take the same amount and be okay with the fact it's going to be a less powerful experience mm-hmm. and maybe just do something else to account for it like i don't know like have a drink or something i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know do whatever you feel like works just don't don't mix too many drugs that have like similar effects, like mm. like uppers with uppers or like downers with downers. Like that's that's where you get into like a bad, dangerous territory. Bad place. Yeah. So and I've been thinking like, so you have your own company. Yes. Right. Work for yourself. Uh huh. Would you say? Cause like, let me go back a little bit. So okay, Molly, blah blah blah. We all know about the come down. Yeah. How do you deal with the come down? But still stay productive. Yeah, I feel like... that was my biggest thing. Like, I would, like, have... And then the whole week of the motivation. Like, how do you deal with that? I feel like part of it is, like... So, like, the reason you f- you have, like, depression afterwards is because, like, your body's depleted of serotonin. Mm. So, you really just have to restore your body's ability to manufacture serotonin. Mm. Which is, like, basically just, like... 5-HTP <coughs> yeah 5-HTP like multivitamins an easy decision like if you can't find 5-HTP or like you just don't have access to it mm. at the time just like take a multivitamin I bet this diet too will help yeah honestly like fruits, veggies like just like drink a lot of water before you go to bed mm. the night after you do whatever you're doing like even gallon even just drinking like alcohol like just make sure to drink a ton of water mm. before you go to sleep alcohol's good too it works for alcohol yeah oh okay just like drinking water like you'll have a much better day the following mm-hmm. day like hangover wise and like clarity of mind if you just drink a lot of water and take a multivitamin or something mm-hmm. like that before going to bed because it'll just help like your body kind of like normalize everything at least i mean that's i'm not mm-hmm. a doctor but yeah, like but it kind of worked for it, you it's always worked for me it's always made a big difference so but there's no getting rid of the come down though it's, it's gonna come i mean you can alleviate it like you can alleviate it to the point where it's not like affecting your work and your mm-hmm. day I mean, ultimately, like, if you go to a show and take nothing and just have a really good time, you're also going to be, like, the following week, like, dang, I want to be doing that again and not working. So, like, even, like, without drugs, even without drugs, you're going to have a little bit of the blues. Yeah. The Bonnaroo blues, as they're called for Bonnaroo, which is, like, the week after, Mm. it's, like, you just don't want to do anything. But that's when Bonnaroo was was actually lit. Let me stop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I haven't been back for a while, but I don't know, like... It's it, it has like an overlap with another festival, which is like pure EDM. I don't know. I just like mm. it's EDM. I'm, I'm, I just know what I like. I'm at an age where I know what I like, and I, I do that stuff. So also, when did, that, when did you know what age was that that you knew what you like? Oof. I mean, like probably when I got into electronic music. Like I knew right away. It's just like now I'm more like I'm better at saying no to stuff I don't want to do, mm. uh, and focusing on things I do want to do. How do you? And it's like that, I'm sure that's something that came with time. But how did you? I feel like this could benefit a lot of people. 
how did you get comfortable with saying no? Because a lot of people don't want to say no. And I heard it actually comes from, it's actually selfish. It's almost like you don't want to say no to people because you think yeah. in the future they're going to say no to you. So it's almost well, about you. For me, I don't know. For I think there's a lot of reasons people do what they do. For me, it's always been like, I don't want to disappoint people. Like mm. It's kind of like a people-pleasing thing um, where I want people to be happy. So I feel like it just comes from the fact that like, you got to like connect the dots and figure out like someone's going to be unhappy regardless mm. of what you do. So it's like, do you want to like, ultimately you just got to be like, I don't know. <laughs> What's the word for it? Like cutthroat, aggressive, decisive, like someone's going to be unhappy. And it's like, do you, and, and ultimately like if it's a bad fit, it's a bad fit for both people. It's kind of like being in like a toxic relationship. Mm. Like, yeah, breaking up sucks and it hurts. But staying in it, a toxic relationship is going to hurt both people. It's just like pulling mm. off a Band-Aid. Like, you just got to do it or else you'll go there and have, you know, bad, you know, be re- regretful and like begrudging of the this, this situation and mm. resentful, I guess, is the word I was looking for. <clears throat> so it's like, you're going to feel bad and then you'll, that time will rub off the people you're with. So it's like, everyone will feel a little bad and the t- you add that all up, it's probably just... It's probably more than just saying no initially. So mm. you just got to think like long term, I guess. Like mm. uh, you got to be more long term focused and less mm-hmm. worried about like the emotional reaction of like the now. Is that what got you out of a toxic relationship? I mean, just being long term thinking and like, is that where you learn to like be more cutthroat? I don't know. I feel like I, for me, it was just like. I feel like it was just like I was just so dead inside. It's like there's just nothing else here. Like, I don't know. Honestly, like for me, um, when I got out of it, I was just looking for an answer. I was looking for anything to make things better. And finally, one of the solutions was just like moving out in my own apartment and just like getting that space and that clarity and being like an individual for a while. Like, it's kind of like going out of the cave and finally realizing like, the, seeing the light you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. you realize how bad things were only after you've gotten out of it so yeah sometimes you just need to like get That's out how you eat it <laughs> you have very strong like bugs bunny vibes with these carrots my man what's <laughs> up doc <laughs> uh yeah so i don't know like by the time like i didn't even know I feel like I'd been lying to myself for a while because I was like trying to like make things work when rationalize it. Yeah, I was trying to rationalize it, and I, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted. But getting some space and getting some distance from the scenario gives you some clarity. So mm. I wasn't able to like, I know. And then like once I did that, then I was able to make the decisive decision. And like ultimately, like I don't want to have this situation happen when I'm 40 and I have children. Mm. You know what I mean? So like, let's just do it now and just move on. You know what I mean? So you were uninspired. You were just feeling. What's the point? Yeah. How did that did that translate into like your music? Mm, I wouldn't say yet because it's like it's fairly recent. Obviously, mm. I don't know. Like, I, I, so the track I played, they hear it on break, right? One more song. They heard the track over the break, right? The yeah. Break, so, right. like that one I've made since then, and I feel like it's a big step beyond like the work I've done so far. Mm. But honestly, I made it on my laptop, and most of the music I make is on my desktop because I've kind of been living out of this like temporary. Temporary apartment thing for a while, so I have like very limited resources, but I still think it's like way better. It comes from like a way more insp- inspired place, mm. so I do think like subconsciously maybe sure it's affected my music. 
I've also like been able to more embrace like melodic music because it's something I always really loved, but it's not something like I was able to really connect with my partner with before. Mm. So or my ex, I should say. So, <laughs> but I don't know. There's yeah. a famous quote, and it's one of the few things. Kanye's my favorite artist, but he's not the greatest speaker. Mm-hmm. So one of the few things that came out of his mouth that made sense. He said, if you hang around people who treat you like who you aren't, mm-hmm. you begin to forget who you are. Yeah, that's very true. And I was like, damn, that's bars. If you hang around people who treat you like like who you aren't, because you know who the you are, but they treat you like you're not that person. Yeah. And then you, you forget who you are. Yeah. So like, I was like, what? And that, that ties into that. It's like... Yeah. That little th- that little difference can mm-hmm. can like have a watershed effect on like what you create because it's like part of you is like being kind of stifled. Mm-hmm. It's a tough topic. <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely bringing things back though to another tough topic. <laughs> I, I, I just, it's tough in a broader sense. Let's go. I mean, a lot of people have dealt with this heavy. Sh- so if you if you can relate to stuff, like I hope it helps. You know, that's what it's all about. The greatest act a human can do is to inspire, mm-hmm. you know, or help people through whatever life. So I feel like if this is helping them, but I've been meaning to talk about this. What did you think about the Travis Scott disaster? I I've, I feel like that's like just an incompetence thing. It's like obviously like the organizers and the people setting up things like they were just like wildly unprepared, right? Like, I haven't done, like, a ton of, like, digging on the topic, but, like, when I understand it just feels like they should have expected this sort of thing to happen and done something about it way sooner. Like, mm. you know? Like, you don't ever go to an EM show. Like, as soon as a girl pops up on someone's shoulders, like, security's like, get down. Like, Well, at these indoor shows. Yeah. I mean, they do it out there. Uh, yeah, I guess, like... Wait, you can't, you can't do girls on your shoulders now? Mm, I mean, you can, you can at, like, outdoor shows. All, yeah, yeah. But... It, I was like, because I was just doing that. But yeah. They did kick me down, though. They kicked me down here <laughs> yeah. last week, yeah. So, I mean, but I feel like at an outdoor show, if it was like, I don't know, you've been to Lala where the crowd is just moving, and you're just like in there. You're just, crazy, you're, just, you know? you're just trying to stay on your feet. Um, And so, like, you, I feel like when that's, We're tall, when it gets like that, like, security needs to be, like, ready. They need to be being, like, getting red like maybe calling more people in or like trying to track the situation and make sure it doesn't escalate like watching people who fall down um ready to tell the dj to stop if they need to mm. like because like they got to be prepared to like you know because people could people can die as we've seen so do you think that travis scott should receive like all the blame that he's getting because hmm. a lot of people like, we know more so, like, the insides. We don't know all the details of a festival, but we know a lot goes into it. Like, there's security. There's, like, the the sponsors, like, Live Nation or the host. Then there's our artists. There's, there's a lot of components. But it seems like he's just the he's the biggest name. So, like, they, they blame... It is his festival. It's under his name. But a lot of them are, like, blaming him personally. Yeah. Or, like, not... And then my, my opinion is, like... The, the social media are, like, taking things out of context. He, he, he definitely could have did more, in my opinion. Yeah. But I do feel like, as an artist, and as an artist who has performed, obviously not at that level. Yeah. 
you're not thinking about a lot of times like that's not on your mind like yeah when you're when you're performing you're in the zone like that's the last thing like you're not looking at the crowd like keeping track that's not your job you know you're not responsible for that stuff granted like if i I don't know if like how aware of it he was like if he was aware of it and he did nothing he called it out he did see and people they love to like not include that clip and all the viral clips there's a clip where he shot he's like get that man out she's she can't breathe like he did do that maybe once but when he saw it, he called it out. Yeah. But they love to do like the part where he's just like being, because that's what makes the news. Yeah, that's what, yeah. It's like ultimately, like he can do things to help. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I feel like there should be some sort of like sound engineer or manager or like person who's controlling sound and like, or like some sort of security person who like just cuts it off and like stops at a certain point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like be above him, you know, because it's like you know the sound's all wired up. They have some sort of engineer controlling everything, mm-hmm. or a team of engineers. And, like, ultimately, like, some security has to, like, call it up, be like, yo, people are, like, dying, they need to stop the show. And then, like, someone, like, be like some person who's authorized to do that tells the engineers, they, they stop it. And then, you know, people are going to stop moshing, like, mm. or at least it's going to, like, chill people out to the point where they can, like, get people off the ground and, like, keep people from dying or get medics in there, you know? Mm. So, ultimately, I feel like it's a organizational breakdown like they didn't have the policies in place to deal with that situation which i feel mm. like is an organizer thing it's like exactly they didn't have the right protocols to deal with that situation so it's like whoever's putting on the show probably the people making the most money from it they need to like be held accountable my, exactly. my opinion you know i definitely feel he should be held accountable but people are just being like he as a person is like evil i feel like, like some cult and i'm like no he just he, he was ignorant yeah i mean like ignorant. as an artist his name is like his, his brand so really? the fact that his name is being tarnished by this is like a pretty big, rep- big. repercussion to pull him out of like Joe challenge exactly like that's that's his 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 retribution for this I feel yeah. like monetarily monetarily yeah. like you could you probably want to go after the organizers whoever puts together because they didn't have the right policies in place to deal with the situation like what if there was like a flood or something and like people died from that it's like they might not have had like you know inclement weather policies you know what i mean like exactly like this is a systematic problem mm. and so like the person who's like designing the systems and processes to deal with these things should be like the person like you gotta absolutely basically hold responsible in my opinion like as an artist like it could have been any artist like if it was like a, a dj they might even not even know like what's going on because of they're looking at their they're, console, they're like. operating all the machinery they're not really like interacting with the crowd as much yeah. Well, it could be anyone, but ultimately, I just th- and like yeah, sure, like they're in a position to like make a difference, but ultimately, I just feel like it's the organizers, like because they, you know, like that's what they do. They have to have these policies and things. Uh, that's that's all I'll say on that. No, that's that's really good, you know, input to have. It's just a lot of things are nuanced, and a lot of people yeah. try to make things black or white, and I'm just like, bro, you have no clue. Just like you said with the graph, it's like there's so much you don't know, you don't you know. Yeah. So it's like, yes, on the outside, but just dig, do your research, and then have a holistic viewpoint, you know? Mm-hmm. But talking about, like, trap, and then let's stop talking about Travis, tra- travesties after this. First of all, moment point. of silence for Charles I, mm-hmm. you know? And we've seen this happen. We lost IO. Mm-hmm. We've lost a couple of DJs, a lot of artists, you know, just Juice World to them. That, that's just the industry. There's a big drug thing. Yeah, in the especially on the the DJ side, like we already know in the festivals, but that's more like recreational. Like it's like you know they're not okay. Some people are, but a lot of people who do drugs at festivals, it's usually like they're just doing it at the festival. Mm-hmm. But like 
what's and i've been a lot of these like private parties and i've been you know roaming around a lot and then that's just like a culture it's like they just it's like, it's like as a dj it's almost you're almost expected or it's 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 just observed that you're you're on something either yeah. ketamine or something How, what do you think about that kind of drug drug culture of like the edm production scene from like the the dj side well i just feel like we've all had points in time where we've gone to like festivals like every other week yeah and it's <laughs> it's exhausting you know it's tiring now imagine doing that all year every other day you're flying going somewhere playing in the party scene just non-stop it's like it's extremely hard to separate to just not use drugs when you're in those situations because mm. you're constantly like everyone around you is drinking partying all the time you're working long hours so you got to take like you know stimulants and adderall and, and things like that or caffeine constantly to like be focused and work and then like you know you want to like chill out when you're not working mm. and when you're done and it's hard to not like want to you know, then take like you know, drink or like take some sort of like depressant sort of thing to like chill out. It's you know like music and art and drug use have always been intertwined. It's just, mm. but like at the rate, people, yeah, it's like EDM people, seems to be like it's, yeah, because EDM's always been about counterculture and like yeah. So yeah, I just feel like it's really hard to separate the thing, those two things, and a lot of times that lifestyle can consume people. I mean, honestly, I don't want to speculate on like. Mm. What happened? Because I did some basic looking up and, like, no, nope, I couldn't find anything. And I mm. can only, like, imagine. But, like... Yeah, you we know, don't really know. You don't know. So I'm not going to say it's one thing or another. Uh, people, a lot of people have pre-existing conditions or, like, different genetics. So, like, they may have different things going on. But, mm. like, it sucks. Like, and I... It's... I can see how it happens. Like, it's... You know, like as I described, like... The lifestyle is aggressive like mm. a lot of people just don't enjoy it like they do the thing they love and they realize and they do it for a while and then they realize how what toll it takes on your health you know what i mean so it's and yeah and it's it can spiral so mm. which is often what happens with these you kind of have a plan for that hmm you kind of have a plan for that like yeah i mean deal with that just like because oh. you're going to be there soon like that's that's you like, you just got to take things in moderation and like balance your time and you know i feel like part of it was he blew up so fast you know what i mean so you know going from like making music and playing small shows to being like on tour like it can be overwhelming in good and bad ways so i think it's just like developing good habits of like working making sure you're healthy eating good food mm. exercising you know you can you can drink and, and smoke and do what you want but just keep things in moderation and try and like listen to your body when it's like telling you things are off. Mm. So just kind of knowing yourself. So that's what I'm, I'm trying to do. You know, just like know myself, make sure to exercise, eat healthy, get sleep, don't push myself too hard. Mm. You know, like obviously, like I've always been like a very grindy like, mentality, like work, 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 work. But it takes a toll. Like you it gotta does. you gotta find time to like relax and meditate and like de-stress and sometimes it's like you want to do that one extra thing but like your body's telling you like you can't and sometimes mm. you gotta just listen to yourself and like relax chill so and i love that I, that was powerful you know because it's we all have different passions and mm -hmm. we all have to find that balance and it's not the same for everybody and like speaking of like that balance like so yeah, going back to like so you, you're CEO, you know, you have your own business. 
how do you balance and you say you're passionate about being a dj you're passionate about yeah you know this EDM. all that right so how do you balance that with mm-hmm. like okay i need to commit time to like putting into my music like because that's your you know i don't want to say your end goal but that's mm-hmm. something you're trying to get going how do you balance that time management um it's difficult i'll say that first and foremost but i think it's about like identifying i mean a big part of it's just like delegating like scaling building a team like finding people you can rely on and you know giving them opportunities to like grow and learn and work and then Mm. you know basically like so a big a big thing that happened to me this year was i picked up a a larger contract so i was able to hire a team Mm. so i had 12 developers working for me and initially congratulations yeah it was it was a lot of fun it was like the coolest experience and so I had them all on payroll and was like working with them. And initially it was like, it started almost like a code boot camp. I was just like mm. teaching them to code. Like there was a wide range. Like they ranged from like no programming experience at all to like three, four years experience. Mm. So first thing I did was I, I bought them all like MacBooks and sent them to them. Um, they're like all over the world. So like we, I was a guy in Puerto Rico. Um, I had one guy in the Philippines, a bunch of people in Nigeria, one person mm. in Ghana. So I sent them all Mac. Shout books. out Ghana. Yeah. I was lived there for four years. Oh, dope. That's awesome. Yeah. Nah uh, is on our, my team and she works in Ghana. She mm-hmm. lives in Ghana. So I sent them all MacBooks because like, I don't know. I just feel like at first I was like, I, I need to get the, everyone a laptop. Some people didn't have like working laptops and they need to be like fast or else it's like you're not going to be able to work. Um, and I was like, you know what? If I, I don't know, like I feel like you you get what you give in life. Like I, can't, I very much believe in like karma and like if you want to get something out of a situation you got to put something in yeah so i I was like i'm gonna get a macbook so i got like refurbished macbooks for everybody mailed them out um and then just was like working with everybody like on a daily basis and that's how it started like teaching them working on small things but i got this bigger project i got them all on payroll figured out how to do like international payments that sort of thing and uh yeah so we just like started working and doing stuff and like i shifted my role into more of like a tech lead like i reviewed their stuff but i tried not to be like too hands-on because ultimately like you got to pe- give people autonomy and freedom if you want them to like really learn like mm-hmm. you kind of have to like i'm a big believer in like <clears throat> you ultimately will learn best if you just like are kind of put right into the fire and like mm-hmm. forced to figure things out you know um sure you need some sort of like structure and like mentor that you can reach out to and that's why i always tell them like you can always ask me for anything i have like a calendly link mm-hmm. and they can always schedule meetings with me anytime and i'll you know, work, help them work through things. But yeah, I shifted myself into more of like a just reviewer mentor role. And so they worked on everything and I, I would jump in and do like the really tough stuff. That's like no one could figure out or like I anticipated it would be hard or like I foresaw we need to do and no one else was like aware of. But so I tried to free up my time that way, you know, basically like delegate focus, like the important critical stuff, uh, do yourself, the urgent, like the urgent important stuff to yourself. Like, find time to do the important stuff that's not urgent or mm-hmm. give it to someone who's like able to do it. And then just like everything that's like urgent, but not important or urgent or not urgent and um, important or like um, not urgent and not important. Just like delegate those things away mm, exactly. or just like, don't just say no to things that are not important and not urgent, honestly. Mm-hmm. So but it's the not urgent part. That's important. That's more important to delegate. Cause that's they're going to beat their head around it, but it's no rush. Well, so this is from uh seven habits of highly effective people, which is like my favorite book of all time. If you've mm. ever seen, I would just 
If you want to read the most amazing book that'll change your life, just go on Amazon, buy it right now. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It'll I'm writing that down. It'll change your life. But basically, like he describes his grid, which is like say that one more time for the audience. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Covey. Uh, uh, so yeah, it mm-hmm. basically breaks down all things you do into two qua- four quadrants: um, urgent, not urgent important not important Mm. and so like important urgent is like things like putting out some fire you know what i mean like it's important it's urgent has to happen now you got to do it and so ultimately like those are things i need to do Mm. um unless someone else can do them but most of the time like i have to do them then there is the important not urgent things which are actually like the most important things that's like for me that's Mm. like making music like it's never going to be urgent to make Mm. music but if i want to like achieve my goals like i need to work on those things so like i work on those things and there's the urgent but like not important things to me which Mm. are just kind of like smaller features for the customer um you know like you when you think about importance you kind of think you have to think about it from a perspective like my goals in life like my goals Mm. in life are you know to like work on music like make enough money to live um and it's just not that's not important to me. You know what I mean? Like it might be important for the client. Um, and as a company, those things are getting done. So that's all that matters to them. But for me, like time management is a lot about like just getting rid of that stuff. That's not important to me. That's not part of my like, critical path to my visions and my goals and delegate everything else away. So yeah, that's what basically what I'm doing. Like build a team, scale up, give them, you know, pay them to take care of the work that and teach them how to do it. You know, they, they get skills, they get money. And I get my time back, which mm. is ultimately just what I want. I just want my time back so I can do the things that are, like, I'm passionate about. Mm. So you're saying that the ultimate goal is to basically make money passively. Yeah. Whilst also giving value to others. Yeah. I mean, that's my way I've found of doing I, I, it. Ideally. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're making money passively, you're adding, you're creating some kind of value for people. Or else, how else are you unless you're doing a complete scam, which is unsustainable, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, if you read the book, you realize why that's like, it's never going to work out. But, um, like it's like fast, quick pursu- money, yeah, know? pursuing like things that are too good to be true are probably not, you know, going to work out. Uh, mm-hmm. they are too good to be true. If it feels that way, it's probably the case. Um, yeah. So just like, yeah, just like figure out a way to automate your work away so you can add value without consuming your time mm. and then you spend your time on what you want to do. I feel like it's just the goal in life in general for most people. That is, that's beautiful. Like that, he really just, Ross just dropped some game, you know, like first of all, y'all get that book. And second of all, yeah, get the start book. thinking about everyone has a different way to do it. Like everyone has their own skill set and their own lane. So just like figure out how you can do something like that, you know, like rely on the stuff you're good at already and then figure out some way to do it. It's different for everybody. That's, that's the way I figured it out. So, that's fantastic. What are you working on right now? What's important to Ross? Um, well, I mean, I feel like I guess I'm not in this new relationship, so that's pretty important to me. That's <laughs> not to be corny. Let's but, give a savage rampage you know, for new relationship. Okay. Yeah. Um, beyond that, like, uh, so we're moving to a new apartment, which is pretty cool, exciting. Um, just like make enough money to live and like go to shows and stuff, because I feel like this is. I don't know. It's like, does this, is this COVID thing ever going to end? It's like, I feel like everyone has Omicron right now. Like every single person I know in the city has like Omicron. Honestly, I feel like I got it like three months ago and didn't even know. 
because it might that's I always the, get it first yeah that, <laughs> first before you know about yeah, it yeah well, i mean i'm yeah. going to shows and stuff so like i wear my mask i've been vaccinated i've done all this stuff yeah <laughs> so like the only reason i don't have it now is it must be because i have an immunity from getting it already or something because it's just like it feels it's like insane. everyone has everyone's it. gonna get it everyone's gonna have yeah. it and this might be controversial but it's almost like do we just need to get it it's like, because it's like they give infinite boosters. Is this our new life? Like, yeah, I mean, just like, stick us up with a million. I don't know. It, it's it's weird because it's like, I feel like if I didn't have my initial boosters, I could have had a much worse reaction to the first one. That being said, like, I'm young and generally pretty healthy, uh, so I get like why they want to give people boosters because it's gonna make the symptoms a lot not as bad. Not as bad That's yeah. my understanding. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a yeah. uh, you know pandemic specialist, but. That's my understanding, and so I get it. Like, especially for older people, like they would definitely want to get it. Um, but like at the end of the day, it's like, you know, it's tough. It's tough to know like when this is gonna end. But back to my original point, right? Want to go to shows? I want to like have fun and like experience all the things that give me that creative energy and help me like refine my vision of like what I want to do for music. And then also on that note, like make more music, like pursue that that goal. Fantastic. Ultimately, to play play live shows and stuff. You say well, you more live shows. I've played live shows. Mm -hmm. I played uh, a smaller set at Spring um, at uh, Electric Forest. Mm. You're at going a, this year. What's up? You're going this year, right? It. I want to go. I think it sold out immediately, but there's going to be more oh, no, tickets we're, we're open good. up. So I'll find a way. There's always a way. Yeah, I'm. I'm down. Let's 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 go. Let's do that. Let's go. It's my first time, so help oh. me pop my cherry. All right. Okay. Have you been to a camping festival before? Never. I'm gonna go. Dude, that's like that was like for me like open my eyes to like the electronic music scene culture like just going to a place and just like living there for three three four days in the fucking woods with like all these other people they're just like in that they're just like the same mentality as you they're just there to have fun have a good time and like it's just it's just like literally like the best experience i think anyone could have like so i definitely encourage going to a camping music festival like Spend money you don't, you feel like you can't spend and go and like just experience that once. Like, especially if you're in your early 20s, like it'll, it'll, you know, it'll be an imprint on like your whole life from that point on. Cause it's such a crazy experience. It's such a fun experience. It, and, and I want to end on this note. It breaks the mold. It breaks the pattern. We see people who kind of st stick to themselves and, and, and we see them and they go into the, the, their 30s. Then uh -huh. they go into their 40s. They go into their 50s. And I'm like you the same person, yeah. you know? And, and it's just like, and it's just like, I don't want to be that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like our generation, like we, we see our, and it's like, no offense to our, our parents have done great things. And there's a lot of, our grandparents have done great things, but it's like, we're sick of, of stick stand in the mold. We want to do something yeah. else. We want to be inspired. We want to like change the world. Mm -hmm. I feel that energy. And I think, I feel like millennials, we have it too. And I feel like the Gen Zers have it too. It's like, we're very like, like the rules, like when we want yeah. to make some new. Yeah, like we're gonna do things our own way, and I don't, you know, I, like the system that's in place hasn't worked for us. You know what I mean? It's been an uphill battle the whole time. So why should I follow the script you had when it was? It worked for you. It doesn't work for us the same way. Like why? Why should I just try the same thing? Like the world's changing. Exactly. You know, I want to do it. Do carve my own path. So. Yeah, and then um, I just want to end on this song. Like going on that. There's Paula Cole. You know, saying I don't want to wait. For our lives to be over. And then she goes, so you look at me from across the room. You're wearing your anguish again. And said, I don't want to do what his father and his father and his father did. Mm -hmm. I want to be here now. It's like, 
the routine we used to do. This is what we doing now. Yeah. This is a new like this is the new wave. And yeah, on that note, like yeah, this was this was beautiful and I'm super excited and I'm sure you are too to just see you know where you go in life and i'm 100 percent like rooting for you and i like i, I already I have a that. mental i already have a mental movie like a mental my third eye and i already see you like performing live and i i see i see me like at the front of the rail just like breaking my neck oh you'll be you'll be you'll be back i'll be Don't backstage worry. on side stage Don't you, worry. you'll offer that you'll offer me to be backstage but know who i am how i like to be in the crowd you i will choose you're right i'll choose to be in the crowd because it's just the energy man it's just i respect that i feel the same way yeah i'm gonna be you might be the it's like i, I feel like you're gonna be the dj like on the crowd like, <laughs> like as soon as i got to the point where i could get like vip tickets and things like i still want to just be in the thick of it with people like it's that energy the there is that's where it's at that's where the energy is like that's where it's gonna at general ground just general admission ground like yeah. that's where i'm at like the stages the stands you know what i'm saying like i want to be people losing their minds in the party like right in the middle like that's that's that that's eye contact he, that's that base face just like finding someone next to you and just being like just like you, just making a new friend right just there making a new friend in just that like moment that. and you may never see them again but yeah. they live they live with you forever and yeah it's, <sighs> what can you say beyond that Fantastic. Well, with that being said, oof, oof, oof. can I get, can I get in cross-legged from here? Okay. I just did a leg day, so, you know, a little, nice. little sore, but as always, stay hydrated, stay mm -hmm. breathing in that good-ass oxygen, mm -hmm. and most importantly, most importantly, stay basic. Go to the race, can't take this in, it's okay We gonna party today uh, Anxiety, where did you go? Depression, you can't say hello Say then are my friends or my foes Say then are my friends or my foes Hold on, I just can't wait to get this show on I stop my alarm and hop in the charm Shaking my dress to this drill I head straight to the stash Empty that little bag Supplement check, make check for fin, take the risk I might not be coming back I got a fanny pack, head to the dough Little boy run and we head to the stove that lap until we're too wide off I can grab it and we'll be ready to go Approaching a friend, get ass our security Access shorty, I just had a height these for me Aha, it's a kuna matata Since the left from the it made them disappear, tada Yo, how did she do that? Yo, they took my jewel, bro, what the Hey, you someone go to the race Can't take this in, it's okay We gonna party today Anxiety, where did you go? Depression, you can't say hello Say then are my friends or my foes Say then are my friends or my foes Vibe electric, Edison Nation of Lettison They talk about medicine, took three and they talk about wrestling The question is, am I trying to get reckless? Dove, so I'ma drop some in my candle back Can you flip for that excision set? It's in my system like a circuit Just lost in the moment, I nervous Screenshot some Snapchat cause there ain't no service Road is spinning like a circus I'm looking at my chest for certain Slides to the front like a serpent Drill hit, so they think I'm serving Everybody get in low There's a bop, they be about to drop We breaking our necks just for sure Yo, can I hit that camel back? Hell no, I don't know where your mouth been Hey, you someone go to the race Can't take this in, it's okay We gonna party today 
Anxiety, where did you go? Depression, you can't say hello. Say then are my friends or my foes. Say then are my friends or my foes. Hey, you someone go to the rave. Can't take this MS okay. We gonna party today. Uh, anxiety, where did you go? Depression, you can't say hello. Say then are my friends or my foes. Say then are my friends or my foes.